Hello there. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Hello there and welcome to the Mandalorian Review Podcast. This is episode one of our brand new podcast. If you've listened to our sister show, which is Spark of Rebellion, then you'll know that uh, we've been rocking and rolling in the world of Star Wars for a few years now. And uh, we wanted to spin up a new show just to test the water, see how we get on with um, reviewing some individual stuff within Star Wars. Uh, for Mainly for people who want to check out just The Mandalorian. If you want to check out the reviews and our thoughts on that, then this is the show for you. Make sure you're following or subscribing to this podcast. Uh, you'll find it in all the usual places. And for the, our friends and our patrons over on at Spark Rebellion, you'll be listening to this anyway because we're going to drop all of those episodes directly into Spark Rebellion. So not much different for you guys. So, my name's Gary, and I'm your host of the brand new Mando Review Show, and I'm going to bring on my co-host in just one second. Uh, before we get to all that, though, make sure you are following and subscribing to this brand new podcast, wherever you get your podcast, You'll find it in Apple, Spotify, all the good stuff where you get your other podcasts. And, of course, as I mentioned, if you are one of our Spark or Rebellion listeners, you're getting this anyway, so all good. I normally bring on my co-host with a little bit of a, you know... A bit of a quip or a bit of a diss or something like that. I don't know if to do that. I just want to be kind this week or I don't know. It's Mr. Mark Asquith. I'm going to be kind. How are you doing, buddy? How are you doing, my good friend? Oh, I'm very good, my good friend. I'm very good. Thank you. Yes, I'm very good. Yeah, welcome to the new podcast, everyone. So look, we're doing podcast geekery here, aren't we? So if you're listening on Spark Rebellion, do you know what I feel like? I feel like, um, you know, like Absolute Radio in the UK. Absolute. Oh, yeah. You know, because they do like different playlists, don't they? Different music, but same banter, same chatter, similar sort of thing. So if you're listening on Spark Rebellion as normal on the feed, you know, in your podcast app, hello, welcome. And But if you're new and you found this through searching for the Mandalorian Review podcast, hello there as well. It's amazing. Oh, bloody technology, mate. So how's it going? What's been, what's, what's been happening this Star Wars week for you before we dive into Mando? Season three, episode one. What uh, you been doing? Anything Star Warsy? Uh, I've not done anything Star Warsy, brand new. Um, but I have been. I have watched The Mandalorian twice, um, episode one or chapter seventeen, however we want to label it. I've watched through that a couple of times, and uh, yeah, I was kind of. We'll get on to the review, obviously. But I was. Uh, I, I was I had very mixed thoughts on it the first time I watched it, and then my thoughts changed a little bit on the second time. So. No new books, no new watching of anything other. There's just nothing, nothing's dropping that's very cool for Star Wars at the moment. When we started Spark Rebellion a couple of years ago, it felt like every other week there was a new book that dropped or there was a new animated show or there was something new. It seemed to be a bit dry at the moment. I know the Mando's just dropped, which is very cool, but hmm, nothing other than that, dude. What about you? Anything Star Wars-y? Um, I actually got into the Star Wars comics. So I finished a book. I finished that... Um Princess and the Scoundrel book, which I felt very let down by. Uh, so I thought to myself, I'm going to take a break from the books because I've got some High Republic books. I've got some... Um, what else have I got? I've got a few other books anyway to get through. And Before you go on, you mm. mentioned a book that you were going to read on the plane a while ago, which sounded very cool. I think it was a fairly mm. old book. Did you get into that? I didn't get into that Timothy because Zahn I didn't get a chance things. on the plane, but it does. that's still on my Kindle, actually. Right. Um, that is it outlier or something it's, it's out something I think it's it's a prequel era one from Legends mm. featuring Obi-Wan and Anakin which sounds mint um, 
But no, I downloaded Marvel Unlimited, got the annual plan at like £4.30 a, a month, which is insane value. And uh, yeah, I've been smashing out all <laughs> the Star Wars comics. So I finished the first Vader series, finished the Obi-Wan Limited run. Like, they're just, they're really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, downloaded War of the Bounty Hunters, going through Star Wars. At the minute. There's a couple of little oddities in like the Darth Vader one, like that doesn't quite feel Star Warsy and canon, but it, it is. But yeah, I've been I've been really enjoying that, man. I was going to get back into DC. Um, going to download the DC app and just binge a little bit of that. And I thought, what am I doing? There's all this Star Wars <laughs> stuff here that's not been touched. Um, so yeah, and then just, just on the Bad Batch, obviously we've got the Bad Batch review podcast as well, which is also going to be available to our Spark Rebellion listeners in that direct podcast feed as well, but also uh, in the podcast app separately, just like this one is. So I've been... Uh, been kind of watching a little bit of Bad Batch because it's 20 minutes a pop or 30 minutes, whatever it is. Um, it's a bit more digestible. You know, you can sort of watch that twice um, and and not not spend too long on it. So, yeah, that's pretty much it, dude. But obviously, the big news this week is uh, Mando Chapter 17. Indeedy. Yeah, yeah. And before we get on to the review and, and all that shiz, um, the Darth Vader series that you read through, is that, the th- is that the first run that, that Charles Soule did? Wrote? No, it's the Kieran Gillen one, 2015. Oh, Ran right, for 25 okay. issues. So it's the one where we get Dr. Aphra. Um, oh, right, right, right. And it's so set between... the Soul stuff, right. Um, I'm not sure, actually, because... So it's it's set... It's the first one, I think, in the new canon. Um, and they did it... It's, it's I think the reason they've done different series is because they, did diff- the, the, they occur at different times between the movies so like this one took place immediately after death star one blows up and he's after luke and and so on and so forth so gotcha, uh, gotcha. yeah it's it, it's been pretty good man it has been pretty good it's just it's weird cuz it sort of doesn't feel um star wars like i don't want to ruin it but it's like you know the emperor <laughs> the emperor's got some other people that might be able to take over from vader because he failed on the death star uh, but it's like they're right. all sort of aliens and oh there's a lot of aliens in and they're all like you know, like the fascism and the uh, the sort of empire is like, we do not use clones, we use conscripts. We don't ever employ alien races, it's just humans. Like that fascism element, it's sort of, it's almost like it gets forgotten a little bit in the comics, which is quite weird. You know, it doesn't, doesn't feel empire because there's like other things going on. So yeah, weird, man, but it's a decent run. It's a decent run. Oh, okay. The reason I ask is I've, I've got this Darth Vader omnibus, this big hardback omnibus saved in my forbidden planet um wish list and every now and then i get an email to say it's dropped in price and whatnot but that's the that's the um the, the charles saul one so yeah okay sounds cool though dude oh it's sounds meant for sounds mint. i think yeah. if you're um if you've got the room for it we know we've talked about this before on, on spark rebellion proper but it's cool to collect the omnibuses and even the weeklies but if you don't like cannot recommend marvel unlimited enough it's it's re- for the price of it. Yeah, you don't get to keep them, but if it's a once and done read, mm. then it's the best okay. way to do it, man. Well, of course you get Spider Man, don't you, and all the other good. Uh, it's just unlimited, right? Everything is unlocked. Yeah, there's yeah, no, there's no paywalls, right? Hmm. Gary makes a note. Of yeah, Marvel Unlimited worth a pop, and you get a seven day free trial, so you can you can smash out. You know, you could smash out like a good chunk of comics mm. in that time you know just to get a feel for it but even if you got both of the dc and that one you're talking like a tenner a month if 
you buy it annually, which if you're voracious with it, that's a, that's a bargain, man. I mean, a comic is like two seven, you know, two pounds seventy five. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, I'm just doing the maths as well as you're saying. I think I probably spend about two hundred quid, two hundred and fifty quid a year on comics. Mm. I don't really buy single issues, but like you know, um, graphic novels and omnibuses and stuff. So that's way cheaper. It is, and if you're not like I got into that collector, like I've got a lot of comics like you have, and it's it's great for the big things that you're going to constantly reread or revisit, like Watchmen. You know, every nerd should have a copy of Watchmen because mm-hmm. you read it now, and it's the same with like any of the some of the Batman stuff, some of the Superman, stuff, whatever you're into. You know, that's that's the thing that you get. Um, but for like these sort of transient little stories that just fill gaps and they're just canon and they're just fun that you're not probably going to pick up and that you don't want to have to worry about storing and that aren't ever really going to be worth anything because, you know, when you, they're just not, Mm. it just isn't, it's not worth doing anything else. And I I used to, I I used to sort of, uh, you know, look at different ways of sourcing digital comics back in the day. (laughs) And it it, it's just the hassle of it. For the sake of a tenner a month for both DC and Marvel, well worth it. Well worth it. And it get, gets you off. I don't know if uh, any Star Wars book fans are listening, but like for me, I, you get on this Star Wars book train if you're not careful because there, there is a book coming out every month and you're like, holy crap, I've got to keep up with this. You know? So it just, it's a nice little break from that as well. Wise words, dude. As always. Softly spoken, Gary. Using the force, mate. I like it. All right. So... Reading stuff. Okay, let's get into the review. The Mandalorian, season three, chapter seventeen, episode one. So directed by Rick uh, Famuyiwa, written by the Fav, and the story. For very quick summary on the story. So this one kicks off with the the armorer is putting a helmet together, and there there's a, a slightly larger clan that we've seen so far in the Mandalorian, and um, there's a young. Um, there's a young dude who's having his initiation and they're partway through that and they they get um, accosted by this huge alligator uh, monster thingy. They're on this planet. We don't know whether, what planet is it. I can't remember. I don't know if we get told that, but they get um, attacked by this big thing. Uh, a few Mandos get get killed. A few of them fight back, but then uh, Din Djarin turns up in his new ship with Grogu, takes out the alligator and has a little chat with the armourer and basically says... Uh, it's a bit of a slap in the face, really, because he's like, look, yay, I'm back. I want to catch up. You know, everything's cool. And she's like, no, 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 no. You're not one of us anymore because you told us that you removed your helmet. You're no longer one of the one of the dudes. So he's like, all right, cool. I get that. But this is why I did it. And how do I get back to being one of the dudes? How do I get back in the club? And she essentially says that you need to go to Mandalore and you need to bathe in the rivers underneath the underneath the whatever it is and uh he's like all right cool i can do that no worries so the the setup for this episode and for the season it seems is that din Djarin is now on this quest for redemption so he wants to get back in good favor uh with his dudes so he's off to do that but um on the way to doing that he he knows basically that there's going to be some there's going to be it's going to get tasty with when he gets to Mandalore because he knows that um, Bo-Katan is kicking around. He knows that there's some bad blood there. He knows that things are not going to be straightforward. So he stops off at Navarro, has a catch up with his old mate, Grief, and says to him, look, I'm on this mission. Grief tries to 
to employ him, basically. He wants him to stay there as the marshal. So he knows that um, that the Mando knows Navarro very well, knows the people, knows he can handle himself, all that stuff. He's having none of it. He's like, no, I'm on this mission. Redemption needs to do the thing. And he's there because he wants to pick up his old mate, which is his old droid, which we saw back in season one. IG-11 wants to repair him because he knows that he can trust that droid. He thinks he can trust it more than any other droid. That's the that's the thing. So that goes horribly wrong. IG-11's just gone berserk, shot him back down, and then he's on, on his way. And uh, while he's on his way, he gets um, mixed in with a little bit of local trouble. Some pirates turn up and uh, he does away with a couple of them. And then when he's in his ship, uh, off to off to the Mandalore system, uh, he gets um, he gets uh, ambushed by these pirates and the top dude. We get a new um, we get a new baddie and his new pirate. And um, uh, what's the pirate's name? Because it's got a very cool name, Gorian Shard. And uh, he's like this pirate king. It's like Pirates of the Caribbean in space, basically. It's um, it's that kind of vibe if you've seen those films. Anyway, he escapes those. We see the, we see the how nimble his new ship is, which is very cool. He sort of got some really cool um, manoeuvres and stuff like that. Takes out a few ships. Then he gets on his way to Mandalore. Doesn't go to Mandalore straight away, but he does end up going to um, Kelavala, which is this, um, which is this planet where um, Bo-Katan's kind of sitting there in her lonely... Um, I was going to say, she's like not really basking in glory, but she's she's like top of the tree for you know her people. But like it's just, it means nothing because she doesn't have the dark saber. She doesn't rule Mandalore. There's nothing of that stuff going on. So, um, you know, he goes to have a catch up and she's like, look, just piss off. Like, you know, your your view of what it is to be a Mandalorian is very, very different to what my view is and stuff like that. So we can, you know, we're not going to team up or anything. And uh, and then he's on his way after that. So that's essentially a summary of of what kicks off. So um, as usual, dude, let's go over to let's go over to uh, to you. What are your thoughts on this? And we'll get a score out of ten at the end. But what are your first initial thoughts for this new episode? Then in this new season, um, I think it was a little bit softer than you initially. I knew you, you know you weren't keen initially on that first run through, and I was. I was thinking of this, and, and I don't know whether it's mistakenly or not, but I was thinking of this as chapter 17 instead of series three, episode one, and all the gusto that comes with it being an episode one. Because it's sort of, the Mandalorian's like this weird damned if you do, damned if you don't thing. In the episode one overall, chapter one was just like, it introduced Baby Yoda, everyone's mind was blown. And you're like, I, you know, everything, everything has to follow that, you know? So every season opener has to be like that. It's like when you used to watch Smallville or Supernatural or any of these big, you know, 22 episode arc series, like the finale was always a big deal and the premiere was always a big deal. And I think if you think about it like that, it was just sort of average. Um, a lot of good stuff and fulfilling TV. Like I didn't walk away from it wanting, you know, I didn't feel like I'd been shortchanged, but nothing crazy happened. You know, some nice set pieces. I loved some of the, yeah, the alligator thing at the beginning. Cool. That was really good. I really liked that. Um, the sort of stalking the pirates in space was brilliant. Really well done. Um, but it was sort of just steady. 
you know, but if I think about it as chapter 17, I'm just like, well, it's just one more chapter. Off we go. And I know we'll talk about um, some of the criticisms that it's getting later around that. Um, but I think for me, it was just, it was, it was, if I think about it as a continuation, it was just better than average TV, but nothing mind blowing. You know, it was like those middle bits of Andor. You know, it was not bad TV. It was still like better than average because there's nothing I can really complain about. But it didn't rock me and there was nothing major and there was nothing where I'm like, oh, did you see that? Apart from one bit at the beginning. Do you know what I mean? So it's sort of, I'm, I don't know, I think I'm, I feel fairly ambivalent on it, but I'm just glad it's on TV, if that makes any kind of sense. I think I read you, yeah. And I had, my thought process was really similar the first time I watched it. It was like, as a as a season opener, it was fairly, uh, and it's it's hard to be critical because like you said, it's enjoyable Star Wars stuff and it's good. It's like better than average TV, so it's difficult to to throw too much shade at it. But as a season opener, I just felt like we had taken loads of steps back, potentially unnecessary. It it felt like um, at this point in the game, season three, we 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 know how it works now. For for people who have never seen the Mandalorian before, if this is your first dipping your toe in the water, then you probably loved it. You're probably like, wow, this is. This is amazing stuff because it, it, there was a lot of exposition in this one. There was a lot of, um, you know, in some, they used to do in some shows where it's like previously on the Mandalorian, it was like that, but just for half an hour, <laughs> it was like, this yeah, is the, char- you know, this is the characters that you've seen before starring. Yeah. There, there was Creed, a lot of that. You know. um, yeah, exactly. There was a lot of that. Uh, where's Kara? Well, I don't really yeah. believe this. She's only got <laughs> recruited oh. by the old special forces, like Rangers of the New Republic cancelled. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do absolutely get that as mm. well. And y- you know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of exposition, actually. I do I do get that. But it was interspersed with enough decent moments, like the gunslinger part of it. You know, they, they, let's have a set piece with, a, with Mando being a gunslinger and also show... That Mando shoots great, but Apollo Creed's a great shooter. You know, let's just get that in there. You know, what? Ju- so you, you get all the little set pieces. Um, what yeah. did you think of it the second time? Then did it change? <laughs> did your mind change a little bit? Uh, yeah, the second time I watched it, I think um, I, I think my mind kind of switched over a little bit to what you mentioned at the beginning, where I I treated it more as a as the as the chapter in a collection of larger chapters, rather than a a big kickoff for a brand new thing. That's what I was thinking the first time I watched it. So I thought, mm. ah. and um, it also didn't feel like it had the same vibe as the previous two seasons to me as well. Now that's well, not necessarily a bad thing. That is a good point. dude. Sorry to interrupt, yeah, but go on. I, I, it's, I, I agree on that because I'll tell you what it felt. It felt brighter too clean yeah that's it too clean brighter too clean mm. and it felt but at the same time i did think it felt very star wars 
because yes, yeah. of, you know, you land on Navarro, it felt very Naboo, it felt very Alderaan, it felt, you know, there were the creatures dotted around everywhere. But it was almost, uh, I don't know about you, but apart from the main grass-faced pirate at the end, because he was, t- like, that was terrible. That was, like, bad. The effects were not great on that one. <laughs> but everyone else, it's almost like the effects were too good. You know, the other pirates that were... I think yeah. like the Hondo style, yeah. uh, like Deveronian-esque sort of species. They almost felt, they almost felt too good. If that makes, I, I don't even know if that is even allowed to be a thing because that's silly. But they, yeah. they, like you say, it felt too clean. It was almost like they were, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but it just, yeah. it didn't feel <laughs> Mando. I agree with that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you're driving at. It felt like, because in the first two, especially season one, but also in, in most of season two, there was this kind of old school um, Western. Obviously, it was based on a Western to begin with. We know that. But it had that very cool, wild westy, dirty, kind of grungy look to it. Very similar to Andor in a lot of episodes with that, where it was very, it was, um, you know, we spoke about that many times, where it just had that sort of grimy, dirty look to it. So Mando was kind of like that, but it was more, but it was, it was still had a sort of grungy look to it, sort of sandy feel to it. Whereas this, everything was super clean. Like when he, it's not a bad thing. I don't want to sound like it's a bad thing because they kind of drove the point home as well that when he got to Navarro and you mentioned it very, it looked very Naboo-like and that kind of thing. They did sort of shove that in your face that it's now a much more, progressed place you know it's come a long way since we've seen it you know we saw it in the first season and um yeah so it's it's meant to be this kind of upgraded nicer place to be nicer place to work you know i think grief wants to make it into a he wants to turn it into a like this next generation sort of starport for the outer rim sort of thing and and all that jazz so you can see why they've done that but it yeah it just um Oh, I don't know. It's it, the production on it is amazing, as we've seen in pretty much everything, especially the first couple of seasons of, of Mando. It, that the production value and the the fidelity of the image and the effects and everything is is amazing. But it just felt like if we if we go back to that very first scene in season one where he's in that bar, you know, when he captures the very first bounty, season one, episode one, the the alien makeup and some of that stuff just had a little bit of roughness to it. It was a rough around the edges, just a little bit. The the pirate gang that you mentioned in this one. So what do we have? Like Trandoshans, there's a Clatoonian, there's I don't know, there's like three or four different species there. They were they were so perfect. <laughs> like if you'd seen any of those races in a video game or a comic book or something, it was like they just plucked it out of that Bosch on the screen, just perfect. So I don't know whether that's gonna be a like a thing now for the Mandalorian, like everything's going to be super clean cut and stuff. But there is a tiny part of me that just wishes it was a little bit rougher, just a little bit, you know, not as tidy, but I don't know. I wonder Um, if it's a, uh, I wonder if that is a a, a creative choice to show the representation of the fact that, you know, he's actually got not that much turmoil. He's on his own personal mission to go and figure out, you know, the living waters um, and, and, and to kind of get his creed in order. But, as of now, you know, outside these pirates, 
he doesn't really have any conflict. You know, I wonder if that is a, a genuine creative choice. Like you see, you see in a lot of things, you know, the subtle hues of lighting changes when the, the big antagonist has gone. Um, and I just wonder if that was a creative choice to show that it, that's, that, that is simply what's going on. You know, he's, he's, he's back with Grogu. He's, he doesn't, you know, Moff Gideon's gone. He's on a, on, on war trial, uh, tribunal. Um, so everything's sort of peaceful. For, for him you know I wonder if that's just what that was and maybe it'll descend back into this dirt which you know you'd hope so but yeah it was definitely there yes yeah and I think yeah I'm trying to think to a there was an interview that George Lucas did about the prequels wasn't there where he had he had commented that that was a really big creative decision that the prequels had to look super shiny and clean because that was the that was like pre the empire taking over so the 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 original trilogy was meant to look really lived in dirty all that stuff because the empire had just trodden the whole galaxy to shit basically so that was meant to have that visual kind of okay you know this is not and then the prequels were yeah everything's great i i guess they'll take it a step further with the high republic that'll be even more like gleaming and shiny and mm. everything like that but yeah you're probably right i think maybe that's a maybe that's a design decision to be like okay like the the uh, mando's in this place now where everything's a lot calmer that you know other than the accidental conflict because he didn't he, you know he didn't obviously he turned up late to the party with the alligator thing just happened to rescue those dudes that were fighting it and then he didn't actively seek to get in trouble with the pirates that was just sticking up for his mate so other than that, you're right. There's no active, there's no big like thing hanging above his head, is there? It's just like, you know, I've got this mission to do now that I've self-imposed on. You know, I'm going to go and do that thing. So yeah, you're probably right, dude. That's, I, I didn't think of that initially. It's um, I I, I just thought like, oh, this seemed a bit too clean cut. But then again, um, and I do want to caveat this again that this is not a bad thing. It's just um, maybe it's also a way of saying look how far we've come in terms of television production at Disney mm. plus, you know, we've now got this stuff. We've got this show that looked really good anyway, but now here it is just notched up another little bit and it just looks like mega, like feature film, mega cool stuff. So I don't know, but um, what did you think to, um, to the relationship with, with the Mando and Grogu at this point? Because, I don't know if it's worth addressing or not, but there was that controversy, wasn't there? Where a load of fans had kicked off to say, well, I have no interest in watching the book of Boba Fett. So why have we gone from this bit where the Mando is absolutely distraught that Grogu has been taken away by Luke Skywalker to train as a Jedi. And now here we are at the start of the new season and they're back together again in chums. Um, what did you think about that? And did, you know... It, are fans like silly for for cussing about that and worrying about that? It's all good now. And also, is it just like how it, how it was before for you for those two, or is it sort of calmed down a bit? I think it's difficult. That I think the fans were completely warranted in that criticism, um, right? Personally, because I think it detracted from the book of Boba Fett, which it, it, the book of Boba Fett is a funny one. Because it's it's not amazing in that it sidelines Boba Fett in so many different ways. 
you know, Fennec Shand is is the controlling protagonist in that. Um, Boba Fett is a sideline with a weird characterization, and then there are right in the middle where things are supposed to be getting good for Boba Fett, we get two episodes of Luke, Grogu, Ahsoka, and Mando, which are brilliant Star Wars. Like, some of the best fan service well-put-together fan service whilst progressing the storyline type of Star Wars that there's been for a long, long time, just in the wrong place. Like, why was that not just a special? You know? And it was... Mm. It's weird because uh, you know if if we think about Marvel, like I, I I love all the Marvel stuff. I love anything that's decent geek stuff. Um, but st- there's no doubt at all that whatever we, we were in Phase Four of Marvel really suffered badly. It felt very very filler. Even some of the stuff like Multiverse of Madness and so on, you just in order to properly enjoy it, you had to have watched a lot of other things. Um, and I, I think, so I, th- I do think that criticism is warranted. Um, because, yeah, there's universe building, but there's sort of, we now live in this area where you're kind of penalizing the casual viewer for not wanting to binge too much TV. Um, which which is is bizarre because this is what the Mando did so well in seasons one and two. Yeah, it had Luke Skywalker. But if you didn't know who Luke Skywalker is or was, all you got was a badass Jedi. So it didn't damage the story <laughs> and everything was so well contained. You know, if you didn't know who Ahsoka was, the fact that she said, where's Thrawn, didn't matter to you. We were losing our shit. But my mum, she's just like, oh, she's... That's why she's got this guy. You know, that's why she's got Kyle Reese and she's shooting him. You know, it's all that sort of stuff. So it's, <laughs> it was, it was self-contained enough. And that's why I don't think it ever got hammered like, um, maybe like the Book of Boba Fett or even Rise of Skywalker where it didn't get hammered too much for like, oh, fan service. Because it stood, it stood enough alone. Mm-hmm. So I, I think when you when you think about all that together, I think it was just such a mistake to break that trend and, and to come back to Grogu and Mando now just sort of back normal because I think it's also done a bit of a disservice to the character development because um, John Favreau came out and he's tried to clarify that Grogu was with Mando for like, uh, sorry, yeah, he was with Mando for several years, right? And then he's been with Luke training for two which is not being represented whatsoever. No. You no. know, like, did Luke save the Beskar armor for like two years? Did he just, what's the what's been the deal with all that sort of stuff? I know Bando gave it to him and like, it just, it doesn't track enough. And no. I think one of the challenges there as well, just to finish on that, is that we developed with these characters it didn't matter how much time had been spent because we could see that they were close to each other but it feels like now they need to show that Grogu has developed and he's got something more powerful with the force and the only way to do it was to do something like that but without like without saying two years just put two years later (laughs) 
do you know what I mean? It's sort of weird that they've, I don't know, mm. it's, well, it doesn't the, track. Well, that's the disadvantage of not having something like an opening crawl, isn't it? So with mm. those, with the films, you can very easily catch people up in what a minute as that crawl's going up the screen. And I think they did that, didn't they? One of them. It, they, they, did a, they did a recap on this one though and they, and they chose not to put the Luke and the stuff from Book of Boba Fett in the recap at the beginning. Yeah. Which is weird. Exactly. Yeah, it, it is weird. Yeah, because maybe to address the criticism of people saying, I don't want to watch the Book of Boba Fett to enjoy The Mandalorian, which seems to be a bloody theme with Star Wars since The Rise of Skywalker. But, um, you know, people would have been like, look, if you just told me what was going on in that recap then it's all good but they still withheld that information and when you look at how Grogu is in this to me it feels like Mando's just picked him up the day after Luke took him exactly isn't it it doesn't have any like he's not um force wielding anything no he's like stealing sweets and I'm sure it'll be more powerful whatever but like if you go then go back to the book of Boba Fett it's like that's like a day after he left. It feels like like a, a day after he left because the way that they phrase things with Luke, it's like, look, here's a lightsaber that was my master's. You can have it, or you can have this, and you can bail. And like, what's he been doing for two years? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, he's, Grogu will have to be badass with the Force, otherwise, Luke has been doing jack all with him. Well, that's what I thought. I thought when the pirates were kicking off, he would do a bit of hand wavy wavy, sort those dudes out. Nah. And then just to wind something up, just a playful little thing, you know, like the little um uh the little dudes in the tree. Mm. You know, the little salacious crumb. Mm-hmm. Is it salacious crumb? Those yeah, little, little monkey, monkey things. things. Um uh I thought he was gonna mess with them perhaps. Like, you know, toss one of them out the tree like Bosch there you go but nothing you just all it is is just like yeah like you said uh, neck a couple of sweets and, and job done but he did that before with the frogs remember yeah you know exactly so, uh, I don't know it, that's why I asked you because for me it feels like um, it, it's potentially a waste of of that whole story build up in the in the last in the last season and in the book of Boba Fett because everybody lost their shit when Luke turned up and it was really emotional as well. I mean, that's why he's in he's in the crap now because he took his helmet off to say goodbye to Grogu and that you were invested in that particular narrative. But now it's like that all of that stuff may as well not have happened. You may as well just have kept Grogu, buggered off to see the armorer, and here we are. So yeah. it kind of wipes out the goodness in that that build up and that climax to um to seeing Luke and stuff. So yeah, it does, mm. man. It's it's almost mm. like, you know, it's like Batman and Robin in the teacup. The Cape Crusader <laughs> and the Boy Wonder will meet their peril. Or will they? Tune in, same time tomorrow, <laughs> same bad time, same bad channel, right? So that's like, you're like, oh my God, what the hell is going to go on here, right? And then like one minute into the next episode, it's like, <laughs> didn't happen in the end. Fuse went, it's all good. Big teacups, all good. We're golden. Next story. That. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's, but they used to do it with like Smallville and stuff as well. Like it bit, you know, the big season finale. It was like, look at these are the Kryptonians. And then, 
you know, five minutes into episode one of the next scene, it's like, nah, they're fine. They've not even come for, they've just come, they're literally just here for like cake and shit. We're good. <laughs> We're good. What's well, a new story? You know, yeah. so, it, and it, it sort of feels like they've done that. And, yeah. and, and the old bait and, just, and switch. Yeah. And, but, and also <laughs> even not, not even necessarily the bait and switch, but just like, just, uh, just, I don't know. It feels like an unlikely oversight. And I just hope that they deal with it later because like you said, they, they, it's all, it's the emotional goodwill that we've all built up that has just been dragged away. Cause it's like, well, everything's, Everything's back to normal. Like, does he really give a shit about this kid or not? Like, we still, we think he probably does because that was what we've been told for the other 16 chapters. But, like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. You know, is it, is, was that re was that real? So it's, I don't know, man. It feels very Marvel. You know, it feels like a very Marvel thing to do. You know, so it does. I'll forget that. Yeah, it does. It does feel a bit Marvel. Now, that's not to say that the other chapters in the season are not going to be badass. We shouldn't, you know, shouldn't judge, shouldn't judge, you know, a season. But I do hope that the next chapter onwards, we are going to see some much bigger, better stuff, more stuff from Grogu. And what happened to the whole galaxy hunting down Grogu as well? Remember in season one, that was the entire point of the mysteriousness around another another thing like yoda you know it's um he's like so sought after in the galaxy he's like hidden away and that's why they hired mando in the first place because he's this badass brilliant bounty hunter he can do that stuff but now he's just walking through town with him yeah it's true actually i never thought of that and it makes like, you wonder so the bad batch stuff is still leaning into the cloning world yeah. you know we saw that this week we'll talk about that separately but you know they've got um the, the Camino Owens who were like imprisoned and, you know, basically the Empire saying, do us the cloning stuff or we're going to bash you, you know? <laughs> so like Pershing was in there in the season one of the Mando. It was all cloney clone, blah, 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 blah. And like you said, he's just gone. Now, I don't know if Gideon's in this season. I would assume so. Now, here's a bit of a prediction. First four episodes, I think we're going to get all this Mandalorian stuff. Then mm. I think we're going to get a bit of a soaker and or something else that's like a, an offshoot. Because this isn't maybe, an, I don't think it is, but I'm worried about it. Is Fav's come out again and said, this is all one big, like the classic Marvel mistake at the minute. This is all one big story. Ahsoka's one part of it. And then there's like just, even if that is the case, Mando 1 and 2 was good because it didn't need any of that. So don't, don't fall into that trap, but I think we're going to get four episodes of uh, Mandalore, Resolution, Dark Saber, got his creed, fine, all good. A bit of a digressionary episode where we get something that sort of backdoor, backdoors in Ahsoka or Sabine, I think my money's on Sabine. Um, and then we'll start to see more canon, you know, mythology, what's going on with Grogu stuff. I, that's my bet, but it could be way off because we usually are. <laughs> usually are yeah I think um, hmm. yeah it, it feels like they're trying to set up the big comeback of Mandalore that's what it feels like at the moment so I'm wondering if they're gonna if they're gonna do maybe the other way round you're probably right but maybe the other way round as in it will start with this whole Mandalore thing then 
he'll get pulled into something else and they'll have to go and do whatever for four or five eps and then they'll bring it back round to Mandalore for the finale and stuff. And, and That's actually that. more likely. Maybe. I don't know. No, how many episodes? Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six. There's eight. eight episodes. Yeah. No, mm. I think that's more like it because I think I think the um, they'd want to end it with like because they've come out and said you know lots of Mandalorians, lots of battles. Yeah. So that does make sense. It, it makes you wonder if they're going to go down the usual arc, um, and the type of story format, which is like Mando versus other Mandalorians, bad guys, bad guys, bad guys, bad guys. Later on, uh oh, other big bad. We'd better come together and put our differences aside. You know. Yeah, that sounds more. Like the formula, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I read you. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, is there anything else that caught your your attention in this ep? Anything that um, you well, want to talk about? One was the uh, the old Purgils at the beginning. The Purgils, mate. I was chuffed that with was, that. That was so cool, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, I think what's cool about that as well is it was like Mando's asleep in hyperspace. That's cool. Grogu's awake. And uh, <laughs> it was the first, like... It was like it was like seeing the BFG, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> nah, it doesn't exist. Oh, it does, mum. Oh, <laughs> eat that, you know. And the BFG, it, it, BFG. It was good because it was it, it was. I mean, there's no reason to bring the Purgils in unless they're gonna do something to bring Ahsoka and Ezra and all the rest and lead into the Ahsoka series. Absolutely no reason mm. whatsoever, unless it's just an Easter egg. But why bother? Because my mum's just gonna go, oh, what the fuck is that? you know what I mean yeah so I I was I was chuffed with that I thought that was really really cool to see that I really enjoyed seeing that um and then I know Rebels as canon but you know when you see it in live action it like makes it proper canon canon doesn't it proper yeah you know what I mean I I enjoyed that mate um yeah all the the other stuff the uh Anzelans or Anzelans the Babu Fricks you know all and whatever the Fricks yeah whatever yeah I know why you don't like those because they (laughs) They they make you start thinking about the rise of Skywalker, Ugh. and then you get in a bad mood. I get in a bad mood. That's it. Yeah. I, t- I did also like the T one thousand style IG eleven coming out, and uh, mm. you know, like they even changed the music to be a bit more Terminator. I was like, oof, dude, that's what they should have done in the Rise of Skywalker. You know, when C three PO and his eyes turn red, that'd have been badass. He should have he should have vamped out, gone nuts. I need your boots, your clothes, and your motorcycle. (laughs) Like IG-11 did. He just went mad. Target, target, take it out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do you know what would have been cool? If they'd have reset Caesar. This is like loads of little miss bits of shit like (laughs) this. They'd have reset 3PO in the Rise of Skywalker. Like, who made 3PO? Like, He's going to remember or he's going to at least mention Anakin if he reset him back to his original program. I know, I know it's like, oh, he's been mind-wiped by Bail Organa or whatever. They get away with other crap, right? Yeah, yeah. Just, you could have easily just gone like, where's Master Anakin or Master Annie? And that, like, a three-second thing would have been enough to be like, this is the same universe as the prequels. Thank you, everyone. We remember, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listener, let us know if you want us to do a... Uh, a one-off episode over on Spark Rebellion called Fixing the Rise of Skywalker. We'll happily do that. I want to do that. I'm going to anonymously vote for it 50 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't mind the um, the, the IG-11 bit. I thought that was quite cool. Um, and then just lastly for me, uh, I, I wonder if the pirates are going to play a bigger game giving Mando some trouble in some future eps because 
it's it felt like he's kind of set up a bit of a uh, a revenge thing now. So the the Gorian shard thing, he's like, you know, you gave my dude some trouble on Navarro. I tried to take you out. You've now killed some more of my dudes, and you've escaped. I, I get the feeling that they're going to have to pay for the for the green um, tissue paper. You know, they're going to have to pay for that because you don't you don't hire prop makers to spend ages doing that quality of makeup to be used in just one episode, you know? I just hope as well, on that note, I hope he's not, well, two things. I hope he's not like a distraction villain, like a no consequence villain. (laughs) I hope he's not just, oh, we've got to get right with Mando and Mando's going to have to sort him out. And then it's just like, oh, freak of the week, sort of, not even freak of the week, like, you know, bad guy of the season. Now he's gone, it's the next bad guy of the season. Because Gideon wasn't. He was like, there's a story, there's an arc, there's a, he's after Grogu, he's terrified of Luke Skywalker because he's heard the legends. You know, there was a lot in that. And I just don't want it to be like, here's a pirate, he's a bit miffed. Mando sorts pirate after he tries to sort Mando out and it all goes a bit pear-shaped for Mando for like an episode. And then we're off and that pirate's gone. You know, I just don't want that. And then the second thing is, I don't want him fetching and carrying stuff every episode, man. Like, you got to go there <laughs> and get the thing for the droid, and then you then we'll do the proper story once you've done the. Th- you know, just you get that, then come back and see me. I don't want that, man. No side fetch quests. Yeah, boring. Yeah. I felt a bit like that with Bo-Katan. Like, even though the castle on Mandalore looked mint. I was like, that looks Mandalorian. Like, we're going to get the Citadel, which is from Clone Wars. It's all going to be be Easter egg frenzy, man, in those episodes. Because of the Obi-Wan, the Satine links, the the, um, Sabine Wren links, everything. Clone Wars, it's all going to be there. But it has to be done really well. And Bo-Katan just felt like a bit of a... Why was she sat on the throne like that on her own? Yeah. That's what, I th- that's what I mentioned earlier. She's got this. Yeah. She's got this thing where she's the leader of her people, but she's not the leader of Mandalore because she's ad- adhering to the whole tradition of "I don't wield the dark saber." So you don't just sit yeah. on your throne like that, dear. But she's trying to come across as she's still maintaining some kind of governance, I guess. Yeah, but she but- just looks really chill. My my thought process on this is, I hope that someone had told her that a ship had landed and she wasn't just sat there like all the time, just in case. No drink, no snacks, nothing. No table even, man. She's just lounging. Yeah. No tea, no brew. Borkatan. Borkatan. We're going to see Sabine, right? We're going to see Gotta do. Gotta do, mate. We're gonna we're gonna see Sabine. Absolutely right. Score out of ten, then, bud. What would you give this one? You're muted. <laughs> Forgot I was muted. Forgot Leave that, that in. Um, I'm gonna give this a six point five out of ten. I think six point five. Yeah. Okay. Slightly lower for me. I want to give this a six. So not much lower, but. So I'm not sitting on the fence with a five. I did think it was a good watch, an enjoyable watch. It was cool. There's just not enough in it. L- looking at it as a with a, the expectation of a season opener week, 
looking at it as just a continuation as another chapter pretty good just but nothing crazy. with the markdown of unless you've watched the book of boba fett you know unavoidably so yeah yeah and for me it feels like seven sort of the average for the mandalorian mm-hmm. you know like we seem to score it a seven and then a good episode is like a, or a, a progressive episode is like an eight and then the the ones where you're like holy crap that's luke skywalker is like a nine or a ten so it's like, yeah, I feel that's about fair, man. It's sort of just below average. Um, you know, if you listen to this on the Mandalorian Review podcast feed, go back through SparkerRebellion.com's feed uh, and you'll see we've, we've we've reviewed Mando season one and season two. I'm fairly sure, man, that it would all average out at about seven. Fairly yeah. sure. So that, that tracks because this, this felt a little bit below average. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that, man. So expecting slightly better things for chapter two, whatever he gets up to. Uh, with the little guy and I think um, yeah let's wrap there dude let's uh, let's finish up for our first episode of the Mandalorian Review Podcast a Mandalorian and a Jedi they'll never see it coming thank you thank you very much for checking out episode one it was great to have you here Mandalorian listener it's all good uh, to give you our thoughts and reviews as always we'll go through all of the eight episodes on this very podcast and so make sure you are following or subscribing to this podcast wherever you get your podcast from uh, you'll find us on there or if you're listening over on spark of rebellion then it's good to have you listening as always and uh, to our patrons that support us you are very very much appreciated thank you so much for your continued support as we run through um, the mandalorian when the Mandalorian's done um, that show will be um, out in the wild for everybody to enjoy uh, our thoughts on on that stuff and we'll be back to spark rebellion giving you the star wars news and all that stuff but stick with us for the next seven weeks uh, as we go through um the mandalorian season three it's been good dude to talk through this uh interesting show right now it's in an interesting place absolutely is man yeah i'm hoping that it stands on its own two feet like it did so well in season one and season two um and that it that it doesn't rely upon the wider universe, but it feeds it like it did so well in those episodes and, and, and chapters that we've seen previously. I just hope they're not making that mistake. But it's still early in this season, and uh, you know I think we've got a I think we've got a, a reward for Loni and Fav for all the good work with a little bit of faith. So we'll see we'll see what episode two is like next week. Uh, we'll be doing that. But yeah, good to chat this dude, and thank you to you, uh, the new listener who might have discovered this through searching for the Mandalorian review in your podcast app and of course to our ever-present Spark Rebellion listeners who are also getting this directly in their podcast app of choice via that feed. Always a pleasure dude and uh, yeah, I'll see your bad self next week. Indeedy, until then, take care of yourselves and may the force be with you always.